What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions per episode dealing with everything from evangelization, catechesis, prayer, spirituality, apologetics, charity, justice, relationship advice, and the list goes on and on and on. I will then spend time with your questions, pray with them, study, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. However, my disclaimer is this. I'm not perfect, and therefore the advice I give to you might not always be good for you if that's the case. Please reject whatever I say that is not good for you, but if my advice is helpful but difficult, then I want to encourage you to lean into Jesus Christ in scripture and in sacraments and in the community so that God can give you the graces that you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship. Uh, you can hit me up with your own questions, comments, critiques, and feedback, and your own glory stories at www.essentialpress.com slash askfatherjosh. Spell out the word ask, spell out the word father, and spell out the word josh. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats. This helps other people to find out about, find out about the show. If it's a gift for you, potentially it can become a gift for them. Um, and you can share us on your social media pages. If you want to stay connected with me outside the show, you can read my book, Broken and Blessed, and my book, Podcast to Adoration, both available at EssentialPress.com. And if you want to worship God with me every Sunday, myself and or my pastor, Father Joseph Vu, will always be the celebrant of that Mass. Uh, that can be found on the Ascension Press Facebook page. So check us out there. On today's show, uh, we are going to talk about uh, three really good topics. Number one, we're going to talk about returning to Mass. How do we get people to feel welcome to come back to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass? We're also going to talk about beach weddings. And finally, we're going to talk about consecration to our Blessed Mother, consecration to Mary. But before we get into those topics, I want to share with you a glory story. Right, so for my glory story today, um, I want to tell you about this awesome retreat I got to participate in this past weekend. So this past weekend, my associate pastor, Father Joe Vu, did all the masses at Holy Rosary, and I, as vocation director, was able to accompany four young men from my diocese to St. Joseph's Seminary in Covington to do what's called a come and see retreat, where we basically spent three days at the Abbey, at the seminary. We prayed together, we had fellowship, we worshiped, we studied, we spent time with the seminarians just to help them to see if they could um, see if they could imagine themselves in the seminary and discern better as God calling them to to take that leap of faith and and go into that place that's conducive to finding out if you're called to be a priest. And it was just so beautiful. Uh, it was so beautiful to, to witness their prayer and their love for Jesus and their, their desire for holiness. It was beautiful to see my seminarians share their hearts and their stories and their and their relationship with God with these young men. Y'all, it was such a gift. There's something inspiring and life-giving about being around people who who just desire to encounter Jesus, who desire to to abide in relationship with Jesus. And so, yeah, it was just, it was so beautiful. Um, so my glory story is simple. It was just, it was beautiful to witness Christ operative in their lives, to see him, him working in their souls, in their hearts. And so that is that. Let's 
look at our feedback as well before we get into the show. Today's feedback comes in from a nun, a religious sister. Uh, hey, Father Josh, my name is Sister Laurie Marie, and I'm a sister of the Resurrection whose ministry is with Regina Chaley Academy. I currently live near Albany, New York. I'm from New York, New York. We from New York. Concrete and something, 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 some, something. I've been in New York a couple of times. Um, I enjoy some things about New York, New York. Uh, and there's some things I don't like, no shade. Uh, but uh, yeah, I serve Virginia Chaley Academy as the Assistant Director of Center of Operations. I learned yesterday that you support RCA and you would direct our upper school retreat for our Baton Rouge Center. I was very happy and excited to hear about this. I've been listening to your podcast for some time and I enjoy listening to you speak. I'm writing this to let you know that you are in my prayers. Thank you so much, sister. And I thank you for your support of RCA. I also thank you for being an instrument of God's love and mercy in your vocation as a priest and in your ministry with Ascension Presents. Thank you for not being afraid to address issues and questions, answer questions people have. Some of the topics that you've addressed are sadly not addressed by many priests and religious, so I thank you for putting out into the deep and for your zealous proclamation of the gospel. Please be assured that you are in my prayers. If God wills, it would be wonderful if we can meet in this life, but for now, we will meet before our Eucharistic Lord. Amen. Each day during the liturgy hours and the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Could you please pray for me and my community? God bless you, Father, and may our Blessed Mother keep you close to her immaculate heart. Yes, Sister Laura Marie, I will pray for you and your community. And also, if you ever want to come down and visit, we have a new retreat center. We just open up on our parish grounds, and you are welcome to come and do a little silent retreat to get away to rest and be recreated by God. We have a full-time spiritual director on our campus here. We have the Blessed Sacrament available for adoration. We have the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Uh, we have a beautiful place and community where you can walk on the ground so you can have encounters with Jesus and grow in your relationship with God in prayer. And so if we can meet in this life, I would love for you to come by so that we can have fellowship with each other. But if not, uh, I will definitely see you in the Liturgy of the Hours and most certainly in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass where we are all united by the grace of God. So speaking about Mass, let's go ahead and jump into today's first topic. All right, our first topic is about returning to Mass. Hey, Father Josh, thank you for your openness to the Holy Spirit and for your yes to God's call in your life. You are a gift to the church. I wanted to ask you a question in regards to the indefinite dispensation from the obligation of Sunday Mass currently in effect in my home diocese. I work for a parish in the Diocese of Toledo, Ohio, and currently we are seeing a drop in the number of people attending Mass and the number of people live streaming Mass. I understand that the coronavirus is a real threat and high-risk individuals should stay home during this time, but... Not everyone is high risk. Some people who are staying away from Mass are willing to go eat out, go into grocery stores, visit a movie theater, etc. And these activities have just as much exposure as going into Mass. So my question is, how can we as a parish encourage individuals to come back to Mass? And how can we encourage those who need to stay away to keep holy the Lord's Day? Ariana. Ariana, I mean, I think whether people are coming to Mass or not coming to Mass, whether people are staying at home because they are sick are, are staying at home because they think they could get other people sick. Everybody needs to keep holy the Lord's day. Sunday is the day of the resurrection. And so if you are not going to come to Mass, if our people are not coming to Mass, then they must recognize that that is not a free pass to do work on Sunday. That's not a free pass to do homework, to study, to work. It's not a free pass to 
to go out and play with your friends on the boat and go hunting and hiking and and watch you know sports and do other activities if you're not gonna like you must still keep the Lord's day holy no matter what um, and so I think that there needs to be catechesis right now from our pastors, from our bishops, from our leaders, from our catechists, um, from our disciples of Jesus Christ, our missionaries, to go out into the community to inform people that Sunday is still holy and that we still need to pray. We still need to set aside time for rest, for recreation with our family, um, with our with our neighbors, with our community, and and it needs to be just inundated with prayer. Whether we're going to go to church or not, if you, if you're going to go to the movies on Sunday, and if you're going to go shopping, and if you're going to go do other things, and you're not going to mass, then I would say that you really need to examine your conscience and discern if if you are placing things before God. Certainly, our bishops have dispensed people who are at risk. I know people who've died from the coronavirus. I've buried parishioners who've died from the coronavirus. And one of my good friends, her mom, just died last week from the coronavirus. So I know people are sick, and I know people are dying, and those people should stay at home. People who are around those people who could potentially be carriers should be very careful if they're going to come to Mass and make sure they're staying six feet apart. And as our bishops have requested us, they should be wearing their masks when they come to Mass. However, if you are not able to come to Mass, that does not mean that you should then therefore go out and, and party every Sunday, right? Uh, that's called idolatry. Uh, so what what can we do to encourage people to come back? Um, well, uh, call them. We have, uh, get a team of disciples in your parish, uh, maybe like 20 or 30 disciples, and d- divvy up the names of all the parishioners and start making phone calls and ask people how they're doing, check on them, ask how you can pray for them, ask what their needs are, ask how you can continue to accompany them in their walk toward eternity, invite them to online Bible studies if they aren't able to come on campus, Um, invite them to pray the rosary. Um, There's different rosary groups going on in my parish right now. Um, Invite them to continue to abide in communion with the church in ways that they can. Encourage them to watch Mass online if they're staying at home. Encourage them to read the Bible on Sunday and read the Gospels and have literally word services in their homes on Sundays and make Sunday a sacred day. Um, And encourage people who can come that they should come. Inform people while you're on the phone with them. Hey, like, you know, by the way, like, I don't know if you're aware of this, but like, yeah, if, if, if you're not going to come to Mass um, and you're not at risk and you're not coming to Mass because you just think that you're free to not come to Mass because the bishops gave a dispensation, you do realize that you're still supposed to keep Sunday holy. And if you go out and you're doing all those other things before worshiping God, then that's probably a sin, right? I, I can't imagine being able to come to Mass, not putting someone at risk, not being at risk myself and choosing to not come to Mass for my own reasons, like for whatever they may be, um, because there's a dispensation. I just, I can't imagine being away from the Eucharist. When I was a missionary in Sierra Taramata, in Chihuahua, the indigenous people in Sierra Taramata used to walk five hours, five hours walk through the mountains to get to Mass. They had Mass available to them twice a year, maybe. And so they would walk five hours. And here we have Mass available to us, and some of us aren't coming to Mass because of our political reasons or because of our um, discomfort with some of the um, rules that our bishops are asking us to follow or, or because we are just being lazy right now in our faith. Now, some people who are sick at risk or can get other people sick and at risk, they should stay home. And I should, we encourage you to stay home and make Sunday holy, right? Have screen-free Sundays, pray the rosary, read the gospel, invest in your family, and, and, and spend the day in, in, in prayer to God. But if you are able to come and you are not putting other people at risk, and you're choosing not to come, and you're choosing to do other things above God, I would seriously encourage you to, uh, to, to change, to change your heart.
to come back to Jesus, like mass is a gift. I remember whenever no one was able to come to mass, people would say, oh man, I will never miss mass again. Whenever we can come back to mass, I'm going to come every day. I heard people say that. And the same people that said that are now not coming to mass uh, because there's a dispensation. <laughs> like people, like this is Jesus. This is worship. Angels and saints, all of heaven and earth come together at the mass. Ah, So my thing would be, have prayer groups, praying for your parishioners, offer penances like Fatima asked us to do, and make phone calls. Make phone calls to people and encourage people. Pray with them over the phone and encourage them if they can come, that they, that they are invited to come. Um, but if they aren't coming because of fear and anxiety or whatever it might be or health reasons, like then God certainly understands and God will accommodate them. But that does not mean that, that we should then not keep Sunday holy. Not at all. All right. Speaking of of worship, our next question is about beach weddings. From Donna, hey, Father, um, I'm from Australia. My name is Donna, and my question is around not getting married in the church. My husband and I grew up Catholic, but we chose to elope on a beach in Hawaii and with a non-denominational pastor. Is our marriage valid in the Catholic church? Is this considered a sin? Great question, Donna. So um, your marriage is recognized as a civil marriage, certainly, by the church, but not a sacramental marriage, right? Because um, typically sacraments happen in a church. When you're baptized, you're typically baptized in a church, unless there's a serious reason why you're not baptized in a church or in a baptistry. Uh, when you're married or when you're, when you're ordained, you're typically ordained in a church, in a cathedral, unless there's a reason why, a serious reason why. Like So when John Paul the Great was ordained, Pope John Paul II was ordained a priest, he was ordained in his bishop's house because, uh, or is it, whether it's his priesthood or his diaconate, but one of his ordinations was in his bishop's house because um, the, the communists were persecuting seminarians. And so he had to get ordained there. He could not get ordained in, in the cathedral. And so there's a serious reason why I couldn't do that. Whenever you're confirmed, you're confirmed in a church. You're not just confirmed anywhere unless there's a serious reason why it could be confirmed outside of a church. So the same rule applies for marriage. Marriage is a sacrament. And so we should reverence the sacrament. And unless there's a serious reason why it is not to be celebrated in the church, which on occasions canon law may permit, right, for reasons that are are unique, but that there has to be permission, right, with your pastor and with your bishop for this to happen. Um, and so since your marriage is not a sacrament, what do you do? Um, I would encourage you to, first of all, go to confession, now that you know, uh, to live as brother and sister with your spouse and to approach your pastor and ask him if he would recommend that you either get a convalidation to sacramentalize your marriage or a radical sanation. A radical sanation is a blessing that the bishop does that blesses your marriage, sacramentalizes your marriage outside of time. And so uh, after meeting with your priest and doing some preparation or your deacon at your church, this would happen. Uh, convalidation is where you would go through uh, five to six months of marriage prep with your priest and or deacon um, and their teams. And you'd be informed, informed on what a sacrament is and why a sacrament of marriage is different from a civil marriage. And you would understand when you make your vows what you're doing, um, uh, that, that you're promising to love each other as Christ of the church, Christ of the church freely, totally, faithfully, and fruitfully. So those are two options right there. So I would encourage you to do that. Go to confession, live as brother and sister, approach your pastor, and discern with him if he thinks it's best for y'all to get a radical sanation or to do a convalidation. And that way you can experience graces. There are graces that come with each sacrament. And so right now, you and your civilly married husband uh, do not have certain graces available to you that are available and can be available um, to you if you simply just go to the church and get the church to accompany you and your walk towards sacramentalizing your marriage. So uh, let me know the process and let me know when it happens so we can celebrate with you here at our Ask Father Josh family.
All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to dive into our final question about consecration to Mary. Hi, I'm Sonia Corbett, the Bible study evangelista. When I became Catholic, I had a really hard time understanding the role Mary was supposed to play in my life. So I went to her and I told her, I just don't get it. I need your help. And guess what? Mary did just that. She showed me a way to pray that has revolutionized my entire life. Mary has been called the mother of listening. She didn't just hear the word. She knew how to hear it in light of her own relationships, circumstances, and habits. And then she let the word transform her. I realized that I had to share what I was learning about Mary's way of praying with others. So I wrote How to Pray Like Mary, a step-by-step guide to discovering God's voice in the scriptures and letting Him transform your heart. I invite you to learn more about How to Pray Like Mary at ascensionpress.com or on Amazon. And we're back. Our final question comes in from Anonymous about consecration to Mary. Hey, Father Josh, what are your thoughts on consecration to Mary? What does it really mean? And why should I consecrate myself to her? Thanks, Anonymous. Yeah, so I love consecration to Jesus Christ through Mary's intercession. If you think about it, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, chose to come to us. God, God came to us through Mary. As disciples of Jesus Christ, and that's what we are as Christians, as Catholics, we are invited to be disciples, intentional disciples of Jesus Christ. We are invited by our Lord to imitate Jesus. And so since we imitate Jesus, we imitate him in his prayer. We imitate him in in his ministry. We imitate him in every aspect of his life. And one aspect that we are invited by God to imitate him is how to grow in our relationship with God. Since he came to us through Mary, then we go back to God also through Mary. Mary is our mother, right? By virtue of our baptism, we are the body of Jesus Christ. Therefore, the mother of Jesus is our mother as well. And one of the Ten Commandments is this, honor your father and honor your mother. Right? Jesus gave Mary to us at the cross. Whenever John was at the foot of the cross, he entrusted John to Mary and Mary to John. He also entrusts all of us to Mary and Mary to us. So we're invited to honor our mother and to trust that if we go to our blessed mother, that she knows what's best for us because her will is completely conformed to the will of God. She is abiding in total communion with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit forever in the kingdom of heaven. And so she only wants what's best for us. And so we go before our mother and we ask our mother to go to Jesus. In the Old Testament, you went to the queen mother and the queen mother went to the king, right? It wasn't the wife of the king. It was the queen mother. David answered to his mother. The first miracle of of Jesus was at the request of his mother, Mary, at the wedding of Cana, when he turned water into wine. And Mary is, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And she is still concerned with all of her sons and daughters. And she wants for us to go to her so that she can go with us to Jesus, so that Jesus can transform those areas of, of our lives that needs that needs transformation. So um, why do we consecrate ourselves to Mary? Because Jesus came to us through her. So what better way to go back to God than also through her um, as well? So speaking of consecration, let's go ahead and pray a Hail Mary together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, y'all, that is 
the show for today. I look forward to continuing our walk together toward eternity. God bless.